Amaryllis, before we get started, could I just, could I make a little bit of a confession? Of course. Well, you know, we've been podcasting now for how many weeks? Four or five. Four, four or five weeks. And I'm such a true spirit and such a, just a real person that I've realized that I have a problem um, keeping confidential information <laughs> confidential. So if I'm ever put in witness protection and I die the very next day, it's because I've given out my address. <laughs> <laughs> She's not kidding. I'm not kidding, She's y'all. She's not kidding. Um, I really struggle with it. She's going to be texting and emailing her family. Yes. In non-secured environments. I'm going to be like, hey, guys, this is Tristy. <laughs> From Alabama, <laughs> from Alabama. <laughs> so you know. Anyway, um. something we definitely want to make sure the people know is that there's going to be spoilers. Yeah, we're going to be talking about this as if well, we're just going to be. We've seen it, so we're going to talk about it top to bottom. Right. Today's episode is all about um, how not to parent. How not to parent. Yeah. How not to react to your child's kidnapping. This is a how-to guide in reverse. Correct. This is not what um, McGruff the Crime Dog would suggest for you. It's the opposite. It is the opposite. Of what McGruff would suggest. Yes, exactly. Did you spend... First of all, we're doing abducted in plain sight. Not for the children. Not for the children. Seems like our regular norm. <laughs> well, not wait. for the children. Not that there's I a lot. Know of, that there's a lot of kid friendly documentaries. I was going to say, well, there's not a whole lot of kid documentaries. Not a, not a ton. Not for the kids. It's this is actually it came out on Netflix about a year and a half ago. Was it but, that long? Yeah, January 2019. Okay. And but it's actually a film from 2017. Okay. And uh, it just had not made it to Netflix. And when it hit Netflix, it, it went crazy. It blew up. Yeah. How could it not? Yeah. So I didn't watch it for a while because I thought Abducted in Plain Sight scares me. Well, can I tell you, I watched it immediately, probably the day that it came out. Okay. Because, you know, my, my true love is true crime. Mm-hmm. And... I'm all about something that happened in the 70s and 80s, and I'm all about abductions because, again, you've seen my face, you've heard my voice. I'm your target. I'm a target, and so I have to really bone up on my abduction education to keep myself protected. Yes. So I watched it immediately, and it was not what I had expected. No, it is. <clears throat> excuse me. It is not what you. I, I thought that it was sort of. Um, back in the 80s was sort of the heyday. I grew up in the 80s. As did I. Um, well, I, I was a teenager in the 80s, but I grew up in the 70s. But back then, I was a the big heyday, the big thing was you're going to get kidnapped straight from a mall. Oh, yeah. And that was like what every parent's night, because there was a very famous kidnapping of a young child named Adam Walsh. And he was abducted in plain sight. Uh, from a mall he was like I want to say he was like six years old and he was found a short time later 
dead. He had been abused and dead. And that was a huge, huge thing back in those days. It was the early 80s. And every parent was scared to death, obviously, because this was so random. And mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, typically you're you're groomed and you are uh it's somebody that you know usually a relative that will kidnap you or if you're blonde haired and blue eyed or light eyed like i was as a child then you're going to be taken by the satanists well okay and sacrificed that was, well that was also the big satanic, satanic panic yeah the satanic yeah. panic yes and you know and so when i saw abducted in plain sight i was like i've seen enough of that now i have children i don't want to be scared into you know, making sure that their hand is held up until they're 20 years old. And so See, I just, and this is where you and I differ. <laughs> because <laughs> Amaryllis is a much more, what do you relaxed. call it? Relaxed. Free range. Free range type. type. And I'm like, you're 19. I still need to walk you to the car at night. <laughs> so. No. A little different. Yeah, we parent We're differently. a little different, yeah. But. So when I saw abducted in plain sight, I just didn't want to be, and I didn't want to be scared. I mean, I know these things happen. Right. Um, I just don't want to be paralyzed by it. Mm-hmm. So when I turned it on, it was absolutely not what I was expecting. How about it was more frightening than more thinking frightening. about someone grabbing your what kid off the street? Opener. Yeah. What an eye opener. Um, so if you're going to, if you haven't watched it yet, hopefully you have already watched it and you kind of can follow along with what we're going to talk about. But if you haven't watched it yet, be sure that you uh pour a giant glass of uh whatever spirit of your choice because you're going to need to relax just go ahead and take a tranquilizer take a horse tranquilizer yes Mm -hmm. Yes. because you're going to need something to calm yourself just Um, when you think it's over just when you think the craziest things have happened well you think to yourself i mean it can't get worse than this and then you go well it just (laughs) it just did it just did so, um, all yeah. right, well, let's, let's get started. So, uh, we open up and this whole documentary is just the family talking. Yes. Uh, and then a family member of the kidnapper. Right. Um, and there's some recreations that they did just to sort of fill in some gaps while they're telling the story, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's basically like if you were in these people's living room talking to you them. You literally are in their living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're just listening to them tell the story. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's even asking questions, they're just telling the story. Right. And so we start off with, uh, we start off with, well, actually, it's an audio recording of uh, Bob Birch told. He liked to record himself. He liked to record himself. And we start off with this really creepy recording of him talking about how there will never be another woman for him. He loves this, his dolly more than anything in the world. And it's as true as true can be. And he is referring to Jan Broberg, a uh, 10-year-old girl. 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. A 10-year-old girl. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's how we kick it off. That's right. And it's set in the 70s. Yes, um, 70s. I believe they said that they started in 1972 is when they met. Uh, yes, they met. They Marianne, Marianne is the mom. Let's get the characters. Yeah. Marianne Broberg. Okay. Right. And then there's Bob Broberg, her husband. Right. Then there's three daughters. Jan. Is it Jan, Karen, and Susan? Yes. Jan, Karen, and Susan, mm-hmm. very 70s names. Yes. Um, the Brobergs. And they're just a sweet um, Mormon family. Yes. And uh, and that's, their world is about to get rocked. And so they meet this 
man uh, Robert Birch told at church. Yes, and they refer to him as B because his name is also Bob. Yes, and so affectionately, they just all, all of them, top to bottom, called him B. Call him B. Yep. Uh, so Bob, Bob Birch told immediately begins the grooming process, but mm-hmm. nobody really understands just yet. Yeah, and it's it's just like your everyday kind of meeting of a new family. They were at church, and she was the organist and this new family comes in and they meet and um you know they basically said everybody had a best friend like this family just clicked and it was like the moms got along and the dads got along and all the kids had a friend to play with Mm -hmm. and they were just like well this is perfect this is perfect they became best friends yeah and they lived very close to each other Mm -hmm. they were um well they came bob uh, B in particular would come in and out of their house as if he owned the place. Oh yeah, I mean he was just constantly there. Well, and that's how they said how close that they were. Like, and it was back when you never locked your doors. Mm-hmm. You know, someone just walked in or came in, and that was normal. Also, it was a quiet, trust trustworthy community. Right. They'd right. never really run into this, and this was a time when they didn't even have the word pedophile right or it wasn't in your everyday vernacular yeah we know now exactly what that is right they had no idea and once he kind of befriended the parents then it was he would come by every day just to hang out with the kids and he was kind of like the fun dad and came up with all these great ideas for them to do and these games to play and and it was just like oh look at b how awesome he is with kids so our one of our very first oh my gosh moments is Marianne starts talking about how B would call her during the day. He worked as a car salesman mm-hmm. and he would call her during the day and he would say, can you bring me lunch? I don't know why he wouldn't call his wife. Uh, <laughs> first can off, you bring me lunch? Can you imagine Philip calling first, me? First off. Can you bring me lunch? First off, <laughs> if Rhett called me and was like, Misty, can you bring me some lunch? I'd be like, Rhett. Can you bring me some lunch? I mean, no. Call, call waiter. Where is your wife? <laughs> yes. Pick up an app. I don't know why she wouldn't question that. Why she wouldn't say, I mean, I, 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 you know what? I'll backtrack. He was telling her that they were having problems. And that's how he began to sort of drive a wedge. Right. Between he and Bob because that wasn't really an oh my gosh moment when he was calling Marianne. What became an oh my gosh moment was they became a little bit physical on one of these trips. Yeah. That, um, it, you know, it, it's, I suppose it's like when you're dating, you know, you first are like, oh, you know, you're meeting, you say hello. And then as the develop, the relationship develops, you begin to develop feelings. Well, and you're more comfortable. And yeah. he had started to kind of compliment her. Yes. And, I and think- telling her what a horrible marriage he had mm-hmm. and how he needed companionship. And- right. So, and she was feeling kind of disconnected from her husband mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. So it was kind of the perfect victim yes. for him to start off with. So when they were talking about that, Misty, one thing that really um, stood out to me was how, you know, at this point in the documentary, we haven't really, we don't really understand the breadth of what he has done and is going to do. Mm-mm. But she talk, but she does. You know, this is 40 years later. Yeah. 45 years later, whatever it is. And she talks about him with such great affection. And like she, when she 
when she is describing their relationship, you can almost feel her feelings because... It's like she misses it. She missed it. Yeah. Like, it, it made her feel so good. She really would long for something like that. He made her feel so good. And it's still right there. In, even even knowing everything that he had done, which we're going to cover here in a we'll second. We'll cover but, later. Um, so that's, to me, I don't know about you, but that was just something that I was like, why are you, why are you, you speak of this man with fondness. Yeah. And it, like, it made me physically ill, yeah. <laughs> to, to be quite honest, because yeah. there's no one in this world, not even my own husband, that if they did something horrible to my child you that I would off. have any ounce of affection for them absolutely that part of your of your whatever that is your personality your character yeah. just turns off yeah like I don't understand because one heavily outweighs the other oh absolutely you know so that really struck me how she really talked about that and you know I guess she could have been talking about it maybe I misread it and she was talking about it with regret but I really think oh, no, it was fondness when she said Oh, I could just that feeling. Yeah. I mean, it was gross. Yes, it was I, gross. I agree. I agree. That's really, really stuck out to me. Yeah. Um. So he began grooming her. So now he he what he has a relationship with mom. Oh yeah, they so have a full blown. That is one step closer. Mm-hmm. Well, this is she has two affairs with him. Oh yeah, right. This uh, is oh, the yeah. first one. This is the first. It's one. The first one. And uh, but now he's got he's got a relationship with mom with Marianne. Right. So what's next? A relationship with dad. dad. So this was, I think this is probably the most famous, oh my gosh, moment oh, yeah. on this program. And even my husband who had not seen it, and you know, he had heard about this part. And mm-hmm. there's all kinds of videos on YouTube of people taping people who are watching this and they get to that point. And, and they're, they're just like, like what? Yeah. So you might want to put the kids away for this one. Right. So uh, do you want to, do you want to talk about, do you want me to do it? Well, I mean, there's really no easy way, way. delicate way to put it, but so, and, and you may disagree with this, but I almost felt bad for the dad. Okay. Yeah. Um, Much more so than I did the mom. Mm -hmm. Like the mom, I, I could not understand whatsoever. Um, Bob, the dad, was seemed like a very sweet man. He mm-hmm. seemed like he really cared about his family, but he also seemed like she kind of ruled the roost mm-hmm. a little bit. And and he was passive, yeah. you know. And I think that B kind of picked up on that, that he was not an authority figure and was more of a passive man and someone he could kind of control. And so... B and Bob go out on a, a drive one day, okay? Just two guys uh, kicking back for a, a little drive. And B says, um, I'm not really getting getting satisfied at home. My marriage is terrible. My, My physical is, relationship is terrible. Yeah, I've, I've got nothing going on over there. And um, could you help me out with that? And, and B could see what he meant. And B. Like an actual physical representation well, of what he yeah, meant. Yeah, Bob looked over and was like, oh, you're right. Is that a gun in your pocket that, or are you just are happy, just to, happy, see happy to see me? And so he's like, it's not a big deal. You know, it's, it's kid stuff like as if you've done this before. Yeah. And Bob's like, no, I haven't. Yeah. But 
Bob's like, I don't know what to do, so I help him out. Yeah. And y'all, my mouth hit the flow. I, it is the craziest scene. The, the craziest, craziest scene. thing you've yeah. ever seen in your life. And yeah. because first of all, if when this man is talking, now he's in his seventies. Oh yeah. Okay, he's this sweet mm-hmm. old man. Yeah. He's a florist. Yeah. He's very soft spoken. Mm-hmm. And he was filled with regret and remorse. It wasn't like mom who was like and he just made me feel so good. Right. This guy was like, I did the worst thing I have ever done. Well, and it and it wasn't even, so, and I, I think this is what made me kind of pull at my heartstrings for him. It wasn't even so much that he was embarrassed that he had committed this act with a man. Like, yeah. oh, well, I've stepped outside of, of my norm. Yeah. But he had taken that as... He cheated on his wife. He broke his vows. Which he did. And he broke his vows. So, you know, it it wasn't a big thing of, oh, my gosh, I just did this with a guy, and that's not something I've ever done before or thought about. Yeah. It was, I broke my vows. Yeah. And he was heartbroken and cried on on the documentary and was still just like, I I couldn't believe I had done that. And feels terrible about it. And then it was like, be just kind of. Acts like it never happened. Yeah. Like, thanks. Yeah, thanks. It thanks. was it was a one-time. Here's your stop. Yeah, it was a one-time thing and like. Okay, but I wonder, Misty, if it was just a one-time thing because later on when um, B is being interviewed or we have tapes of him mm-hmm. after he's arrested, um, spoiler alert, <laughs> after he yeah. goes to jail and they're arrested, arrest him, he goes, I entered into a homosexual relationship with Jan's father. And so I don't know if. This one scene, which the dad, which, by the way, was they had written a book about their experience mm-hmm. called Stolen Innocence. That scene was not in the book. It was oh. only in the movie. Okay. And so I wonder if he is ashamed of that. And, um, I mean, obviously he's ashamed. That was the first time he'd ever talked about it. Mm-hmm. But is it... Is it so shameful that he wouldn't admit to other indiscretions with B? Because B said... I entered into a homosexual relationship with him. See, and I took it the opposite way. I took it as B, you know, manipulated this act to happen so that he could hold that against him and go, oh, well, you did this. And so now we've had this homosexual relationship when it was just this one-time thing of him like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know what to do. And I, I did that, and I regret it so much. But he can look at it and go, well, you did it. It's not like I made you do it. I didn't yeah. hold a gun to your head. And so that that one-time um, thing was like, oh, well, that was my, my thing I can hold against you. Yeah. That's our relationship. Okay. That's okay. how I took it. Yeah. Now, it could totally be the other way. It could be multiple that they had had yeah. even – Things had gone further, and yeah. he was embarrassed because yeah. he didn't want people to know that part of his life. Yeah. I don't know. I just wondered, when I heard him say relationship, does he just mean this single event? Yeah. But you're right. I mean, he could have named it a relationship just to yeah, I mean, get what he wanted. He was a master manipulator. He didn't yeah. want the dad. So I felt like he didn't yeah. – it wasn't a thing where he wanted to exploit that relationship. He just wanted to get some dirt on him. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, okay, so so what is next? Let's see. So, because we're going to try to go chronologically versus 
how we see it on in the yeah, film. Yeah, it's mixed up in the film. It goes back and forth, and you actually do get kind of confused. And then, okay, January 1974, uh, Bob Birch told. Now, they're all in the same church. They're all in the LDS, the Church of Latter-day Saints, the Mormon community. Well, let's go back to 73. Okay. So in 1973, Jan accompanies the Birch Tolds on a vacation to Seattle. Oh, yes. And um, he had all these weird stories about Jan rocking back and forth. Just remember, there are three Broberg girls. Yes. This is the one that he wanted to take. Right. He just takes... And this is the one that the parents said, okay, Jan, you can go on vacation with these people. Right. Right. And so he... He says that at dinner, they're sitting there, and she starts acting very odd and rocking back and forth, and he's so worried about her, and he's like, I'm going to take her back to the hotel. Yeah. Um, she's she's so groggy, and Jan says she can remember this time, and feeling very groggy, like something wasn't right, and she doesn't know if maybe he put something in her drink or if it was allergy pills, allergy quote, pills or vitamins yeah. or whatever that he had given her. But um, she wakes up and she sees him naked. Yeah. And then she blacks out. Oh and that's gosh. all she remembers from that trip. Um, and then he gaslights her and says, I don't think that's what you saw. Right, right. He was like, you were very out of it. And you then, must have been dreaming. Yeah, yeah, and then even goes and tells the parents, like, she was acting really odd. Like, yeah. maybe you should you should keep a watch on her. I don't, I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, so you start to get a picture of Birch Told, where he's not just an abuser. He's a narcissistic manipulator. Right. And what B wants, B gets at any expense. Right. Okay. So in 1974, Birch Told is rebuked by his church. Mm-hmm. They discover that he has um, been messing around with another little girl. Mm-hmm. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's a neighbor of theirs. Now, mm-hmm. that was not in the movie. I saw, I heard something an interview where do you remember the neighbor that randomly said he had been uh like they went on this this boat trip and Mm -hmm. he was like and i decided i would never talk to him again right okay his daughter was who b had been messing with okay so that was not in the movie they didn't say that part but it was that's why he was like he had been messing with my daughter and i just knew right then so i think (laughs) this is the same person that that was the LDS. Re- so they rebuked him. They were like, hey, B, I don't know what is involved in an LDS <laughs> when right. you rebuke in the church. Right. But they I handled mean, it within the church. They, they did not go within to the, the church. authorities. That's right. That's right. Now, what's interesting about this is they made him go to therapy. Right. At this therapy, quote, unquote, he went back and convinced the Brobergs, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make amends. I'm trying to get better. Part of my recovery is requires me to sleep in the same bed as a child yeah for instance your 12 year old daughter jan jan Mm -hmm. and so bob broberg uh as any parent would said sure absolutely sleep in my 12 year old daughter's room we will do whatever we can to to help you through this come four times a week for six months and see if you don't get better right but first let me build a wall because the girls are sharing a room. Oh, yes. And, you know, Jan's getting older. So uh-huh. let me let me build a wall because I'm a handyman. Mm-hmm. And thanks, B. Yeah, thanks, B. And that way I've I've, you know, taken her off by herself. So there's no witnesses. 
Yeah. So that's what he does. So he comes for six months. Can you imagine? I don't. Like, and and I you don't, know, here. It doesn't make, it doesn't compute. I don't understand because we have good friends. Uh, your, you know, for your family, your family is a good friend to our oh, family, yeah. mm-hmm. and I, I don't think anything about your husband. Like I would trust him to take cat, uh, m- one of my daughters wherever. Right. I would not trust him to sleep in the bed with her. No, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, nor would I. What in the world? Trust anybody? Yes. No. Absolutely. Yes, and not to single him out. I'm just saying. You know, I know they're good friends. And I was like, it just doesn't right. matter how good a friend you are. It doesn't matter. If it's a family member, I'd that, be like, that's weird. Yes. Sorry. Exactly. No. So I, it does not compute to me how Bob Broberg didn't say, or even the mom. Well, and this is what really got me, because when I first when I first watched that, I thought, he's making this up. But he wasn't. He was actually seeing a therapist Who that, told him that actually told him to do that. <laughs> And play these creepy licensed tapes. by the LDS. I'm not sure who he was licensed <laughs> by. The Church of Latter Day Saints. That's who Is that, that who it was? I don't know. That that's only thing that would make sense. Well, he said it was it was a therapist out of California. Oh gosh. And that he had come up with this therapy, and you hear these creepy, creepy tapes that he listens to while he's laying in the bed with Jan. Okay. And that's the therapist. That's oh. not B. Oh, I did. I missed that. Yeah, that's the therapist. That. And so he was. He was. He had his license taken away. You think? A little <laughs> while after that. Yeah. I, I just. But see, to me, this whole story could have ended right here. Sure. It just could have been immediate. No, you can't sleep in the bed, Mister Accused Child Molester, because. Mm-hmm. It's not even just that they're good friends. He's making amends for having abused a little girl. And Bob Broberg says, well, I want you to get better. Here's my daughter. Hey, Marillis, how about this? How about when we were in the car together and you said, can you help me out? I'd be like, hey, Marillis, <laughs> this is our last lunch date. <laughs> I love you so much. This is the last time that you and I are going to Panera. I can't do it again. <laughs> I mean... I think We're she done. would. I think we would have ended it We're there. Done. That's right. Yeah. That's true. I That's think true. We ended it there. There would have been so many times before that very minute where you sacrificed your child. So many, <laughs> so many. But Jan is like literally falling in love with this man, though. At yes. the same well, time, she. Yes, but she is. She is. She has what these overnights are doing yeah is creating more and more trust, trust. Mm-hmm. is creating a situation where he is her father right father figure and he's driving that wedge and because that's what it's going to take well and anytime she questions anything he has a response for her yeah. um there's one part where they have a sleepover at his house and they all decide they're going to sleep out on the trampoline like i'm sorry when when i heard that as a little girl, I would have been like, well, that sounds like the best idea I've ever heard oh, in my sure. life to yeah. sleep on a trampoline. As a parent, I'm going to be like, uh, nah. Yeah. We good. We'll sleep in the house. Yeah. And especially um, with a grown man out there. No thanks. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you can sleep out there, but we'll be out there with you. Right. And, uh, so will your sisters. And, yeah. And and we're not, and ex- not the man who has just been accused of abusing exactly. a child. Exactly. 
Well, Jan wakes up and her underwear is down. Oh, yes. That's and she right. wakes up and she said she can remember being scared. And B is conveniently laying beside her. Why are you sleeping next to this child again at the sleepover? And um, she asks B about it. And he says, oh, well, you, you were tossing and turning and so uncomfortable. You must have just wiggled right out of them. Can you imagine the gaslighting? The gaslighting. Unbelievable. And this is a kid. So what are you taught as a child? Yes. Adults. Yes. Well, and adults are, you know, the ones that you trust Mm -hmm. tell the truth, right? In the 70s, we were not taught to be careful of, over the last 20 years, Mm -hmm. we understand about pedophilia and we know of reports because people now talk about it. Mm -hmm. But back then, that was just not something that Jan Broberg was prepared to defend herself from. Right. I have had conversations even with my five-year-old. Yeah. Who who is it that can see you in your panties? Right. Who is it that can take you to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Who these are the only people, these are the finite number of people. Oh yeah. That can see you in these positions. Yeah, we start talking about yes. that. My 13-year-old No, I mean my 13-year-old is ready to sh- shoot a gun at anybody that does these Oh yeah. Things. So we have these conversations but the Brobergs in a sweet Mm-hmm. Mormon tight knit community mm-hmm. had no reason to have these conversations, right. and so Bob or B Birch told, and you were taught not to question adults. Yeah, oh at, yes, during that time, absolutely. There's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason to. You trust everybody, mm-hmm. and these these situations don't exist. Yeah, you know. And this poor little girl, she just yeah, she fell into a wicked, wicked trap with this guy. So, so for six months, this happens. At the end of the six months, one day. B walks into the house and says, hey, mom, mm-hmm. Marianne, uh, why don't lover. I... Yes. Hey, lover. Yes. Yes. Former or current lover. I'm not sure which one, but yes. Um, I think they were still carrying on. Okay. Yeah. All right. She says, or he says, I think... why don't I take Jan to the horse stables today? Fun. And she says, Marianne says, no, we can't do that. It's not a good idea. Today's a bad day. She's got a piano lesson and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. He goes, don't worry about it. I'll pick her up. Right. And I'll bring her back. She goes, okay, just bring her back by dinner. Not with my children or let me take my own child. Yeah. He had several. Yeah. That's the thing. Where were his children? Why would he never play with his children? Well, he didn't want to play with his children he like that. He did not want to play. You know, I wonder... That's an interesting conversation to have. They did not participate in this. Mm-mm. They didn't want any, anything to do with it. Now, no. I heard an interview with the director and the writer and whoever this is, the documentarian, and she said they reached out. They reached out to the kids but and the wife, yeah. the ex-wife, and they just didn't want anything to do with it. I did wonder if they were victimized as well. Or so if, it makes you think. If not. Yeah. Well, they, they were certainly victimized in that their dad was gone. He was well, totally yeah. absent. And I'm sure they were sense. used as bait yes. in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. So, and I don't know if they were sexually victimized too, or mm-hmm. if he was maybe just not attracted to that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a really interesting story that was left out that I heard. I can't, her name is Sky something. I can't remember the director's name. But there's a really interesting story that didn't make it in that is really telling. And that is there was a point before, before the abduction where uh, B wanted to adopt a child from a Mexican orphanage. 
and uh, he went down to Mexico, had all the paperwork picked out, the young girl that he wanted. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. And had her in the car, in the van, whatever, however they were going to cross the border. No. And she was, uh, he was not allowed to take her across the border. She was returned. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know if the paperwork wasn't in order. I don't know if maybe they discovered that he had something on this side charges you know, yeah. yeah exactly but that young lady was saved from a life <gasps> oh of, my god of slavery really right yeah and um so isn't that interesting that maybe he just didn't want his own like he maybe he loved his children enough to mm-hmm. leave them alone in that respect right but they didn't want to talk they didn't want to participate neither did ex-wife they were like this is we just want it behind us i can't really blame them yeah oh gosh yeah i can't either that i can't either be horrible so anyway so b comes in and says hey um i'll pick her up and uh, we'll be and back I'll, before dinner we'll be back for dinner yeah and so marianne says okay again this we this man just picking this tw- uh, it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense at all so uh so Jan says, we got in the car. B gave me an allergy pill. Take this pill. It's an allergy pill. Because the horses. Because, yes. Horse yeah. hair. Yep. We'll do that to you. And, well, yeah. And so she did. She's, he's B. He's mm-hmm. her, he's a father. He's a second father to them. Yeah. And then she's like, I don't remember. She passed when out. When I passed out. Mm-hmm. And so this is when it gets, this is when you start thinking, okay, they were crazy before. Mm-hmm. Now, now they almost they're almost neglectful and right and you want to send them to jail so now now she's passed out and it gets to be around nine o'clock that night that was a thursday that was a thursday and it's it's around nine o'clock that night and they're getting worried and b's wife comes over and she says that she's worried (laughs) but insists don't call the police yeah they'll be fine it's it's fine um you know you don't want to you don't want to call anybody and here's how Ugh, Jan's parents, God love them. They didn't want to upset Gail. Yeah, Gail is B's wife. <laughs> they didn't want to upset Gail, so they didn't call the police and right then. I don't understand. Like, I want to talk to them and and please help me understand because what is your motivation? Do you really love this woman enough that you don't want to hurt her? You love her more than you worry about your child's safety, right? Or is this a, is this a religious situation? Where you're supposed to, you know, somehow take care of your neighbor. Like, forget being polite. Your kid is gone. Your kid is gone. Your kid is gone. Okay? And, you know, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have Mm -hmm. all these ways to get in touch. Like, they were literally sitting there. Yep. No idea where their kid's at. Yep. Um, That was Thursday. That was Thursday. They didn't do anything Thursday. And they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything Friday. And then Saturday's the weekend. Saturday comes along. They called the FBI. They were like, we're closed. Yeah. But she said, I didn't want to call the emergency line because, you know, it's not she really an emergency. She didn't want to emergency. bother anybody. Not really an emergency. She literally said, I didn't want to bother anybody. Right. So then along comes Sunday. Mm-hmm. Still no B. Still no Jan. Yeah. Five days after they disappeared, they call the FBI. Monday. Five <laughs> freaking days. Can you imagine? And they've heard nothing. Nothing. At all. Nothing. So they call the FBI. The FBI goes, uh, ma'am, she's been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no. And they literally have to be like, no, for real. She's <laughs> been kidnapped. Let me prove it to you. Their camper is gone. This is, this is when I start to go, Gail's in on it. Oh, I didn't think about that. 
this is when I go gales in on it. Because I'm sorry, if my husband was just this, like, wonderful man who loved to carry children to horseback riding lessons, yeah. that was his ministry. <laughs> then, <laughs> even still, yeah. that night I'd be like, well, he's dead in a ditch. Yes, he's had a car I'd at least want people yeah. looking for him. She doesn't want anybody looking for him. Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Gail, Gail knows what's going on. She's yeah. she's very well aware that he, he's taking this baby. Yeah, so the FBI goes and talks to Gail, and she was like, well, mm. we do have this camper. I mean, <laughs> it is missing. Let's go see if it's there. I don't know. <laughs> I like, I would have gone there on Thursday night. I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> yes. He was carrying out a large food supply. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> three Gail. suitcases and, Gail. you know, oh my gosh. I would have, <sighs> I mean, it just makes sense to me. I, I don't know. I wish I could have been there. Don't you normally take a fake ID to horseback riding lessons? Uh, and uh, horse pills? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for, yes. Tranquilizers. So what had happened is <sighs> Birch told had taken their motor home. Okay. So they've been gone five days. Yep. About five days into this. Or I don't know how long, five or six days. I don't know how long it had been at, when the FBI discovered. He, they also had a car. Uh-huh. Okay. B had broken the window. Yeah, he ditched the car. Left, ditched the car, broke the window, left a little blood on the window so as to think they've been kidnapped. Both of them. Both of them have been kidnapped or maybe they've been in an accident right. or something. Mm-hmm. Sort of throw everybody off the trail yeah and uh and of course the fbi is the fbi mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're like yeah yeah it's not gonna work that's not gonna happen yeah. so he has um the fbi has now discovered that that b has a penchant for little girls okay mm-hmm. and that's when we see birch told's brother oh what a gem this one is birch told's brother wow yeah, he was a pedophile, and I, I knew that. Oh, I have... And I quote. I have never seen a person that could care less. About... About... His brother being a his pedophile. His brother being a pedophile. His brother targeting their stepsister, but, or half-sister. But let me tell you what he did like. Birchtoll could sell some cars. <laughs> yes, he could. I mean... <laughs> brother owned a car lot and he just went on and on about what a great salesman he was well of course he is i mean he's magnificent he is a master manipulator he steals people's children (laughs) i'm pretty sure he could sell a used honda okay like whatever yeah yeah so this guy was something else his brother was resigned to you know and was just kind of like well that's the way it is He's a pedophile. He was a pedophile, and I knew that. Yeah. That's exactly what he said. He abused our sister. Now, in all fairness, um, I, I don't even remember what his brother's name is, not that it matters, but uh, the brother is the names. only one from that side of the story that would talk. Mm-hmm. So that was the only voice outside of Birchtold's own voice in the recordings that we had from that side. Right. So it was good that, you know, he said that, but it sounds like, even his wife may have known because mm-hmm. he was a pedophile, and I knew that. Right. So how can everybody else not know that? Exactly. It just seems like he was not as careful as he might have thought that he had been. Right. You know? Um, and unfortunately for the Brobergs, 
they just didn't see it. They, they just saw a sweet man. They found out a little too late. Okay, so where are we? Well, so they've taken the motor home and they've abandoned the car. And um, now Jan wakes up. Yeah. And it's dark. And she knew she was moving. She knew she was on a bed. But um, she has like wraps on her wrists and her ankles, which <sighs> normally you don't do on a vacation. No. You normally don't do that. Um, but then she hears this monotone voice talking to her in her ear. And it tells her that basically her dad's not her dad. Yep. That she's part alien. And that she's on this mission to find um, a suitable man to have a child with. And then that child will save the planet. Right. Now... The person or persons telling her these things Mm -hmm. are two aliens. Right. Named Zeta and Zethron. Sure. That's an important part of this. Z and Z. Z and Z. Right. This is an amazing turn of events for me because it, it really shows the depth and breadth of B's manipulation. And how he thought through this. Mm-hmm. What can I do to help her understand that she belongs to me? Right. The only way I can do that is to brainwash her. Yeah, and he, he even sets a timeline because Z and Z then tell her that she has to have this child by the time she's 16 years old. And if she doesn't, then they've got to back up and that'll be her sister Susan. Yep. So, basically, they're saying you've got to get this done by the time you're 16. And if you don't, then your sister's going to have to do it. Or the planet will be destroyed. Yep. And we've got a male companion for you. And and we'll, we'll present him to you. And the, the yes, the recording told her B mm-hmm. was her partner. Yeah. It was going to be her partner. He tricked her. He tricked her by being cut and bloody like he had... Been also attacked. been attacked mm-hmm. and he had heard this same recording and he had been told the same message and that the box told her to get doing get to doing whatever makes makes people happy right and okay. she's all of 12 years old at this point oh gosh and and let me tell you when i i don't think it really hit me because you know 12 today is different is a lot different yeah um Girls are much more mature physically mm-hmm. and mentally. Exposed to a lot exposed more. Exposed to yeah. a lot more. Not that that's a good thing by any means. But they are. They're just more mature but than they But they just were. are. This baby at 12 looked like a nine-year-old. Yes. And her little voice mm-hmm. was like a baby. Yeah. I mean, and how any adult man could find that attractive. Find that attractive sexually attractive. Sexually yeah. is it's sick. revolting. It's sick. He, um, were you just, um, did you just want to come through the screen and just hug Jan Broberg? No. Even at this age, she's in her 50s. Yeah. You know, you can just, this kind of wound never goes heal. away. Mm-mm. And when she's, t- I might cry about it, just thinking about it right now when I hear her talk. Yeah. Because they even had this visual and she said there was a little window above her mm-hmm. where he would, where he was, Raping, raping her, her. Mm-hmm. yes. And I'll also add, he was very gentle with her. 
Right. Because I number one, he did love her in his sick way. He mm-hmm. loved her. Yeah. And number two, he knew that he could injure her. Right. And that is not what we're wanting here. We want her to love. He wants her to love him back. Right. And injury is probably not the best way to do that. But he also wanted to get his rocks on. And if know? he's and if she's medically examined. Yes. She he wants to make sure that there's no evidence. Yes. And so he was very very careful to do just enough. To, to make what him happy mm-hmm. and to get her prepared for what might be coming on right. later. And he also comes across as, ugh, I mean, like, he hates to have to do this. Yeah. Like, he, he shows her these books mm-hmm. about sex and all these things and is almost like a teacher, kind mm-hmm. of. Yes, gentle, loving. Yeah, and is like, look, you know, we have to do this together. I love you. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry we're in this predicament together, mm-hmm. but, but we're going to make the best of it, and this is just what we have to do. And she says she just, she would look through this window wherever they were parked, and there were leaves that she could see through the window, and she said, I just looked at the leaves. I just, and it makes me, like. I know. It just breaks my heart mm-hmm. because I think about my own child and if that were to happen to her oh my gosh I mean and she you know she just kept saying I just looked at the looked leaves. at the leaves looked at the leaves yeah gosh that just breaks my heart every I time know. I think about it and in her own little way that was just that was the only thing she could hang on yep. to that was normal yep so this goes on for 35 days mm. okay so on day 35 B calls his brother. My brother was always a sexual pervert. He always did like his little girl. Such and he says, jam. hey, um, can you call the Brobergs and ask them if I can marry Jan in the U.S.? Because I, I already married her in Mexico, mm-hmm. where I am, but I really want to come back home, and I want to be married to 12-year-old Jan. And he won't come home until he's allowed to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So the brother, to his credit, says, uh, sure, I'll do that. And instead calls the federales and yeah. or calls the FBI and the FBI calls the federales, the federales. Right. Federales. <laughs> and, um, and they all work in conjunction and they, they rescue. Um, they they um, arrest B. They also take Jan mm-hmm. and right. it's protective custody, but they take her. Um, now, you may or may not know this, but Mexico can be a very corrupt, they have a very corrupt system. And mm-hmm. um, you can pay anybody off to do anything. And it's exactly what happened. B paid off one of the um, jailers, whoever, guards or whatever, uh-huh. and said, I need for you to bring me Jan. And so he gave him a few dollars. And Jan came down there and he said, Jan, yeah, let me tell you something. Uh, we got to talk mm-hmm. because uh, I'm in jail. You're okay. You'll be going home. But when we go home, you can tell nobody about the aliens. No. You can tell nobody about the pills. Mm -mm. You can tell nobody about the mission. And you had better not tell anybody about our sexual experiences. And if you do, Karen, your sister, who you love very much because they were very close. Yes. Karen, your sister, will go blind and your dad will get killed Mm -hmm. and you, Jan, will be vaporized. Yes. I, it sounds like I'm saying a cartoon. <laughs> it sounds like I'm saying yeah. maybe maybe the the premise of a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. But you know what was so 
eye-opening to me because there was part of me that goes, come on, Jan, really? Like, yeah. you didn't question this at all. But, I mean, as you were, I mean, I grew up as a Christian, and yeah. so I was taught about the Christmas story. And yeah. she said that's the way that she thought about it was, yeah. you know, Jesus was born, and his dad was human. Yeah. But his real dad was God. Right. And so that's the way she thought of it. And, you know, she's the savior of the maybe world now. she's maybe she's the savior. And like Mary, she's going to need to give birth to another yeah. savior that will save, save the, the world. world. And at her age and her stage of development and, and, and not just physical development, but cognitive and brain development. She's it's you're easily manipulated, particularly if it's somebody that you know and love and respect so right. much. Why would he lie to Why me? Why would he lie to her? Right. Especially this is something so crazy that it almost mm-hmm. it's so crazy it has to make sense. Right. You know, why you can't come up with anything this crazy. Yeah. So um And he basically says, You're to tell them that we were on a vacation. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we had a great time. And we had a great time. Yeah. So Bob and Marianne pick her up at Maz- in Mazatland, which is like a beach area mm-hmm. it's like a vacation area and uh and things are not the same she's really scared of her dad because now she knows that her dad is not really her dad right um and she's not allowed to really to talk to him because he because uh, birch told that was one of the things too you can't talk to your dad yeah and and she was worried about b and that's she all she cared about, about. yep yep because so, without b she can't complete the mission and the world's going to end. That's right. That's right. She's scared to death. She is. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. I can't even. The weight of the world is on this child. Yeah. Why? Because because of some dude that wants to have sex with a little girl. I mean, it's not just she's being sexually abused. But now she has this, like, Emotional mental abuse. mind game yeah. that would be too much for an adult to oh handle, much less a kid. And so... They end up taking her in to be examined, mm-hmm. um, and the physicians say there's no trauma or sexual abuse. And um, that she, was by design. And she talked about it like it was a vacation. She went back to school and she seemed fine. Um, but her dad said that um, she's not our Jan. Yeah, except at home. Like except she, at home. she was. She was fine out in public. Yeah. But at home, she just wasn't mm-hmm. the same. She wouldn't sit next to her dad on the flight, even like right. when they when they first rescued her. Yeah, she only wanted to sit next to her mom and communicate with her mom. Right, and she said that literally when she got home and returned to school and and back to regular life, that she was consumed by thinking about B and this mission. Yeah, because she couldn't get to him. Time's a ticking. He was in jail. Yeah, and so she couldn't Time's get a ticking. to him. All right, so uh, somewhere along this time, I'm not sure how much time elapsed, but uh, Gail Birchtold knocks on the door. Now, now they're they're told to stay away from the Birchtolds. Like, oh yes, the, the FBI, FBI says, "Listen, guys, <laughs> let me have a your, conversation. <laughs> your your daughter's been kidnapped, yes. so it's probably a good idea if you guys aren't like having supper club right. on Saturday nights, right?" And they were like, "Cut off this relationship." Okay, I mean, but they they did, but they got a knock on the door. Yes, knock, knock, knock. Mm-hmm. Who is it? It's Gail Birchtold. It's Gail. Gail says, "Hey, uh, can I talk to Bob?" Not you, Marianne. I want to talk to Bob. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have their conversation. Bob comes out. Gail leaves. Bob comes out and says to Marianne, well, it looks like Marianne we're going to. Marianne leaves. 
No. Oh, no, after Gail After talks. Gail talks. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Marianne and Bob are there, left. Yeah. And he says, well, um, we're going to have to drop the charges against B. And Marianne says, what are you talking <sighs> about? He says, <sighs> well, uh, he said that if we didn't, he would tell everybody about your relationship with him, and he would tell everybody about our relationship, my relationship with him. Right. And uh, so... So sure, we're going to drop the charges. So they signed an affidavit. They they, in order to protect their family's uh, name and reputation, mm-hmm. they sacrificed their child's innocence. Yes, and her justice. Yes, and basically signed something saying that he had their consent to take her they signed something that said we really think he thought that he had our permission that it was okay yeah we think he thought he had our permission so yeah we are not mad we're um, not mad i'm sorry you could tell any any kind of story on me you wanted to true false whatever there's no way i would drop charges on a child molester oh my against my child that had kidnapped her and married her and married her married her and and changed her really you know you get her back home and she's not their child anymore no so it it not just it didn't just affect jan it affected their entire family the sisters yeah you know talk about how it was just different jan was different and this was a family problem this wasn't just a jan problem but you know it, it just Mm-hmm. So they said, okay, and I suppose some of that is also, again, the 70s, you know, right. I, you know, where it's just like, uh, Birch told just really understood how to manipulate the, the time, right? you know, how, how things would be seen. Well, and also a lot of, of these men back then owned their own businesses. And so Birch told, um, yeah, Bob was one of them, and, you know, he could have lost his business. He could have lost his livelihood. That's how he fed his family. Yep. And so you're not just, like, smearing his name, but back then he could have lost everything had these allegations come out against him. Well, things do not end here. No. Okay? This is not a situation where Birch told says, Whew, I dodged a bullet. I'm going to get out of here. Right. Things keep getting from bad to worse. Somehow, uh, he sneaks a box into Jan's room, like a radio-type receiver box, um, recorder. Yeah, how did this happen? I don't have any idea. Because, you know who I think it was? Because I thought about this when that came on. Because after they dropped the charges... um, B moves to Utah, and he starts working at that car dealership, doing such a good job. His brother just thought he was mm-hmm. the best. and um, He was a pedophile, he could, and I knew that. He could sell anything to anybody, and he was a pedophile, and so that worked out great. Yep. And um, But he came home every weekend, um, and he said that people would feel sorry for him, and he was at church every weekend. He was at church every week. Yeah. How? I'm sorry. I'm telling you, this it's baffling. This entire story is baffling. Happened. So when I thought about the box, I thought, are we still leaving our doors unlocked? 
Maybe. Your child. Or does he have, still have a key? They didn't think to change their locks. Or is Gail sneaking her little tail through the window and I putting it in there? Oh, maybe. But I'm sorry. After my, my child has been abducted, I mean, Avery's never been abducted, and I go through that room like a fine-tooth comb, yeah. buddy. I'm looking for anything that's out of place in any of my children's rooms mm-hmm. because that's what you do as a parent to yeah. keep them safe. You make sure they don't have things that are dangerous. Or We're moving away from next door to the Birch Tolds, by the way, if that happens to um, us. Yes, ma'am. We're moving to a different state. We're going somewhere yeah. else. But I think if I saw a white box that had a, a speaker in it, <laughs> yes. I think I'd go, well, what's that? Let me hit play. Let me let me see what that is. Let me hit play. What was in what was recorded on this box was a follow up to the recording from the camper from when she was first kidnapped. Mm-hmm. So Zeta and Zethron are back and are reminding her, Jan, don't forget you have a mission. You have got to have a baby with B, or this world is going to end be gone yeah yeah it's gonna end yeah so you know jan has no idea how this thing's getting in here obviously zeta and zethron brought it right well and then she and b start communicating again yep and she's getting notes in school like she can't even escape it yeah going to school like somehow he's getting notes to her how how does this happen i can only thank his children yeah but surely okay i mean i mean if your dad comes up to you and says give this to so-and-so and and, you know i wonder if the kids knew what had happened or give this to somebody that'll give this to her you know you're gonna do what he says yeah but she would get these notes during school love notes and yeah she would write love notes back to him she began to fall in love with him yeah and you know because now she's 13 or 14. She is. And yeah. she's at that age where, yeah. you know, just any child yeah. wants to be independent. Right. and Pushing boundaries. Yeah, pushing boundaries. And here's this man who lavishes all this affection on me. And I have this important job. Like, can you imagine? I mean, my, my kid at 13 thought she knew everything. Can you imagine yeah, her somebody talking yeah. her into believing she's the savior of the world? <laughs> good night that's gotta be a time bomb yeah um so jan has fallen and she says i loved him more it was a real true love mm -hmm. more than anybody even as an adult that i've ever loved and you know as an adult i understand love and i can look back Uh and tell you i loved this man well and you look at these little letters because they show some of the letters that she wrote and it reminded me of like little letters I would write, and you remember you would write little flowers on sure, them, sure, hearts over and the you eyes, and you would fold them up to look like certain little things. And she was a baby, yeah, she was still a baby. She was a baby, so she's she's fallen in love with this man. But now, let's get back to Marianne. Now, B, so so far, let's let's recap. So far, there has been a an inappropriate relationship with Marianne. Mm-hmm. There has been an inappropriate relationship with Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has kidnapped and married Jan and in mo- Mexico and for 35 her. years. Yeah, molested her. Right. He has uh, molested another child in their church. Yes. Okay. And he they have been threatened, mm-hmm. blackmailed to sign affidavits. Uh, testifying else. that hey, they're going to spread fine. all yeah. their business. Yeah. So really, the next logical step 
is for Marianne to run into B mm-hmm. in Ogden, Utah. Yeah. And uh, for her to have an eight-month affair with him. All right, guys. Go ahead and go get yourself a drink right now. Oh <laughs> you, just, you don't. What in the world? <laughs> what is like happening? What, what makes you go... B, you know, since you abducted my daughter, you're just looking better than ever. So then, right after, so then, so Bob then says, hang on, I got to make a phone call. Ring, ring. Uh, Hey, uh, Bob Mm -hmm. Broberg. Uh, Yeah, hey, this is B. Just want to let you know, I'm sleeping with your wife. And she's going (laughs) to, and she's going to run away with me. Bob. Bob Broberg. Bob. Oh, my gosh. I cannot. Does this not help you understand even more what a predator this man is? He's relentless. <sighs> and Marianne. 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 Well, he just made me feel so good. Baby. Just, just made me feel feelings that I didn't have for a long time. Go ahead and, and turn this off if you're near the children. Marianne, you can buy something. Okay? Please don't go to your child's abductor to feel good about yourself. Okay? Gosh. What is wrong what with you? in the world? And still, like, sounds like she is just talking about an old friend. Yes. Really? Yes, he just Y'all, made me feel... You have to listen to her voice to understand. He could give me a great feeling about myself. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, so we have an eight-month-long affair. Birch told, tells B, and so B files for divorce. No, Bob files for divorce. I mean, I'm sorry, Bob files for divorce, yes. From B. But, yes. Not from B! <laughs> Y'all, all these Bs are getting crazy. There's Birch told, there's B, there's, uh, there's Marianne. All right, no, Bob... Broberg files for divorce from Marianne. Uh-huh. Okay, because now this is twice that she's stepped out on him with Birch Told, who I'll remind you, kidnapped their child. Exactly. And married her. Yeah. When she was 12. Yeah. I okay. mean, this is the original B. Before there was that B, Carol Baskin. <laughs> you've got this B. And let me tell you. Yes. It's a whole different He's kind a of B. piece of work. Yeah. All right. So, again, you think... Wow, this family has been through so much. Right. Well, it's almost like it's just beginning. Mm-hmm. Because uh, this is 1976, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, B had moved to Wyoming. Right. He had left Utah. He bought a fun center. Remember like we used to have in the 80s? I'm sorry. <laughs> Since when did we allow pedophiles to open up fun centers? Um, Yeah. I thought they weren't allowed near parks, much less opening one for themselves. Well, they certainly aren't now. You can't be allowed. You're not allowed. Yeah. I mean, I heard that and I thought. Yeah. How? Yeah. How in the world? So he goes to Wyoming and he opens this fun center and Jan wants to work there because she's still in communication with him. 
Yeah, but now B and but now Bob and Marianne they, they reconciled. Have, they've reconciled. They've reconciled. Yes, um, they were separated for a while, and then they realized we love each other. We can't raise these girls without each other. I think Marianne remembered that B kidnapped her kid <laughs> at some point and was like, "Well, maybe this isn't a good idea." Yes. Yeah. Um, she read the the love languages book and said, mm, "That's not really one of them." Right. Exactly. Yeah. Kidnapping totally yeah. outside. Probably of Probably not a good yeah. idea. So. Uh, so they're in Jackson Hole, and Jan is like, "Ugh, I really, really want to go work for B." No, that's not how she said it. Mommy, I really, really want to go work for B. I really, really do. And apparently, made life miserable for them. How miserable can a twelve-year-old make your life, though? Well, she's fourteen years old by now. That's right. She's but she 14. looked like she was eleven. She did look very young, but in. This is the one part where I could really relate to Marianne mm-hmm. because she said she just was angry about everything mm-hmm. and she would complain about everything. And yeah. you and I have teenagers. Oh, I, I have live, a young teenager. You have one right in the thick I of live things. One, with one. And um, I'm just getting started down that path with my teenager. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, I don't, you tell stories and I'm not sure that I, you know, that we're going to survive. I mean, but, let me tell you, they, they have stamina that will outlast anything I've ever seen in my life. So Jan is like constant. She's making life miserable for her. So Marianne says, you know what? Sure. You can go to Jackson Hole and go be with B for two weeks and live in his motorhome. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Marianne. She put her on an airplane to Jackson Hole to stay with her kidnapper and abuser. Again, Bob. Bob says the understatement of the year. Bob. Bob says, I think you're really going to regret this. I think you're really going to regret this, Marianne. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> we are laughing to keep from crying. What an authority figure. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Marianne, I really think you're going to regret this. I really do. I don't think we should do this. Oh, this you're is going, okay, probably bye. a bad idea. Yeah. Wait. Go go on Expedia and see if we can get better rates. Oh, my gosh. So they were going to go. She was going to go for two weeks, okay? And um, so she comes back home two weeks. Mm-hmm. And B's like, she really wants to come back. You should let her come back. And the mission continues. The mission continues. The, Absolutely. The abuse picks right back up. Yep. So uh, she was so angry that she was going to have to come back. But mom brought her back two yeah. weeks, mm-hmm. and it was not long. Now, B kept harassing, too. Hey, Broberg, she really wants to come back. You've got to let her come back. She really, really wants to be with me. Right. And uh, so Jan says, you know what? I'm running away. Bye. See ya. I'm leaving. So she writes a note, leaves it on the bed, a note clearly written by... A baby. Yes. And uh, so she goes. So mm-hmm. this is kidnapping... Number two. Second abduction. Now, that's after the um, complimentary two-week vacation of abuse that they put her on a plane and sent her to him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, she runs away. They have no idea where she's gone. They assume that she's gone back up to Jackson Hole. Mm -hmm. So, this is where things get also even more crazy because they get the FBI involved. Okay. And the FBI... um, uh, wires. Well, phone. well. At first, they won't report it. Oh, that's because right. They're, they're embarrassed. embarrassed. <laughs> what the crap? 
We well, really. Jan's been abducted again. <laughs> I'm so embarrassing. It's going to make us look so bad. I mean, this is going to make us look terrible. Let me well, tell you. Are, they're probably not going to let us sing solos anymore. No. We probably can't pass the plate. My organ career is over. Oh, my word. Forget it. Prom season's coming up. Nobody's going to get corsages Holy from me. <laughs> um, I can't. So they didn't they, tell anybody. They lie and tell people she's at her grandmother's. She's at her grandma's. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. She's not at her kidnappers. They she's wait at grandma's. two weeks to report it. <laughs> so instead of five days this time, because they didn't learn the first time, they wait two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, of course, Marianne says, we were just worried sick. Emerald, I'm getting a headache. <laughs> Can I please tell you, I, I was not prepared for this. Like, my head is hurting. It, Talking about it. I understand. I get it. I get it. It's it's maddening. It's maddening um, because it's a real story. This is not this a is fake not made story. Up. Yeah, it's no. not. Okay, so she is missing, and they uh, they kind of assume that she's gone back up to Jackson Hole, but they don't know for sure. They eventually get the FBI involved. The FBI taps the phones, and every time B calls, they click record mm -hmm. and uh marion says hey b how are you uh have you seen jan he goes well uh i talked to her last week she's living on the street and blah 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 make something up she there is one recording where she answers the phone and he's like marianne and she goes oh b <laughs> i wanted to vomit <laughs> I was like... They talk like he's really trying to help Oh, them. B. Yeah. And now, not only has he obviously assisted in this second abduction, but then he tells this mother who is missing her child, well, I've talked to her, and um, she's prostituting and selling dope. <laughs> and um, I asked her, I said, honey, how are you getting your money? And she said, hard. <laughs> What? <laughs> yes, she did. Go back in the recording. I know, I know she said that. hard. <laughs> I know, but what I'm saying is he said that Jan said that. He said Jan said that. Yeah, Jan no did not say that. says that. <laughs> Jan did not say that. Hard. <laughs> so Shut up. Misty, three, three months. months. Three months. Three months of this. And there was one time Jan called. But now during this, B goes to jail. Oh, yes. He's got to serve his sentence for that first abduction mm -hmm. um, because he did he did break some laws, even yeah. though they said it was a vacation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, he had a hard stint of 10 days. Yes. In the Thank county, God, in the county jail. Yep. Justice is served. Yep. So three months, uh, three months in, Jan calls the Brobergs, and she's like, hey, everybody, how are you? Hey, guys. I'm just having the best time. I miss you. I love you. Okay. Hey, Jan. I just want Jan, to... this is your dad. Uh, do you still want to get married to B? Yes, Dad, I do. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. I'll talk to you later. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think what at one point is? she didn't want to wait to talk to her dad, and she's like, Jan, baby, can you hold on for a minute? Dad's coming in from work. I guess. Bob, it's Jan. <laughs> Jan! I mean, you would think that it was a call from Christmas. Well, I mean, I imagine they were just pumped to hear from her. The sisters were super pumped. But just this, um, 
I don't know. Like, I, it's totally fine. Yes, like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you finally found the time to give us a call. Like, I, you've been at sea and you've not had access to us. And, and I don't know. I've never had a child that's run away. I don't yeah. know if they were told to be very kind and just try to keep her on the phone. Maybe that's a tactic. I don't know. Yeah. But I think it would take everything in me not to be like, if you don't get your tail oh my gosh. right now. Uh, I would Tell me where you are this second. Yeah, I'm losing it like we need to know where you're at right now well now the only thing about that is she certainly certainly had b right over her shoulder oh of course yeah i mean there was you could you could tell she was hurried yes so she yes absolutely she's got b over her shoulder saying do not say this these you can call them if you want i know you miss your sisters but you cannot tell them where you are. Yeah. Um, so we discover, the FBI discovers, that he has enrolled her in a boarding school in California, this Catholic school Well, in now, the way they figure that out is they go, and, and he's living in this motorhome again, mm-hmm. and they go in and they, they search the motorhome. He has poster-sized pictures of Jan <laughs> hung up all it's over this motorhome. Yes. It's so screwed up. It's so screwed up. And somewhere written on a piece of paper, they found That's this right. number. Randomly, yeah. Randomly scratched on a, a pad of paper, and they called the number, and it was the... This Catholic school, right? Yes. It was nuns Catholic and stuff school. there, which, mm-hmm. which is a really great place to hide her because, first of all, it's a school in a different state, and secondly, it's a Catholic school, and they're not Catholic. They're, they're right. Mormon, very devout Mormons. Right. And what has happened is B has enrolled her in school, okay, mm-hmm. and told them that he is a CIA agent, mm-hmm. okay, and that uh, he has got to go back to work on a mission, and if anybody shows up looking for her, they're the bad guys. Right. Do not let them have her because they are really after me. Right. So it's, it's to us, it's really unbelievable because we have so many, so many security checkpoints to get to our kids in school. I mean, mm-hmm. at my daughter's school, in order for me to get into just the lobby, uh-huh. like I can't even go to a classroom but just to get into the lobby i have to show my driver's license to a camera outside the door yeah like i ring the door i ring the bell and i put my driver's license mm-hmm. for the camera to see it and then they say okay come on in and then i'm stuck in that breezeway glass lobby yes yeah. and uh then i tell them i'm here to pick up my daughter and they ask to see and that and they ask again. to see it again it's mm-hmm. exactly right and I have to sign if I get her out or whatever. And you but wait. I'm not allowed to go in. No, you Those have to Those doors wait. are locked. Yeah, you have to wait. Uh-huh. And I have to wait on her to come out. If I want to have lunch with my kid, I have to have a background check. Yeah. And I have to make an appointment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it is baffling to us that you could just show up. Yeah. And say, this is my child. Don't let anybody in. And, and they just believe you. And you know he didn't have a birth certificate. No, he had nothing. He had nothing. He had nothing. nothing. He had nothing. So the FBI, <clears throat> so the FBI picks her up. Mm-hmm. And she, they took her home. She didn't want to go home. And she is mad about it. She is ticked She off. is ticked off that Bob and Marianne have found her ticked again. Off. You know who else was ticked off? B. B was ticked off. B was real ticked off. He was really ticked off. They get a phone call one night that the family business, the floor, florist shop, is a floral shop is yeah. on fire and they never could quite pin it on b burned it to the ground burned it to the ground but at that point that's sort of when jan things kind of started 
sort of clicking with her. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of know that Birch told a rage, th- because I think there were some witnesses otherwise right. in jail or something like that mm-hmm. that said, yeah, this was arranged by Birch, but that never could get him on right. those charges. But he was convicted of kidnapping um, and sentenced to a mental hospital. Well, he was acquitted by reason of mental defect. Okay. And sent. And, and sent he, to the and he And he also beat the arson and CIA impersonation charges. I missed that. He beat both of those, yeah. Oh Got away with that. How? Scot-free. What in the world is happening? Uh, it's like the laws were not made to protect the innocent. No. And he goes, he's sent to a mental facility for, listen to this, six months. Well, he should be cured by then. Well, yeah, because yeah. Um, pedophilia is totally curable. Curable. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, he's there in therapy. He remembers I've been sexually abused and, mm-hmm. uh, and while I was taking care of my mother and, you know, as whatever. I, 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 I don't trust anything that comes out from, no. this, <laughs> from back no. then. So, um, all right. 18 months later. Yes. Um. B and Jan are still communicating, but not as much. And Jan starts to realize that um, he's just not as interested in her anymore. Because why? She's 16. She's getting older. She's 16. And she met a boy at camp. Mm -hmm. And um, he buys her an ice cream. And um, she gets the ice cream. And she's kind of excited about it. But then she thinks, oh, my gosh, something awful is going to happen to him because of the mission. And um, that same day, her mom calls and said the dogs are sick, and she thinks that's her fault. This is it. And um, she thinks, well, this is it. And so then the next day, the boy's fine. Nothing happens to him. He's still alive. Then it clicks, yeah. And she gets a call from her mom, and her mom said the dogs are all better. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my gosh, this might actually be a lie. Well, before that happened, she was in such a panic that mm-hmm. things were, that the mission was not fulfilled, and she was inching closer and closer to that 16 Yeah, and year. this was before she turned 16. Yes. She, this kind of made her think, maybe, but then she said she talked herself right back out of it and said, nope, I've, the mission is real. Yes, and yeah. she's freaking out about it because yeah. B is nowhere around She's unable to get the mission fulfilled. She's and so surely 16. this is the end of the world. Yeah. So in an in a last ditch effort, she begins to plan her suicide. And she's got a plan B. Murder she, suicide. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And she says um, she wants to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. She wants to protect everybody. Um, thank God that did not happen. She turned 16. And the day she turned 16, she realizes, oh, I'm alive. Right. right. So Susan. So is Karen. So is my parents. Mm-hmm. And she realizes Zeta and Zethra weren't real at that point. And it's so sad because her plan was that she was going to tell Susan that Susan needed to carry out the mission. And if Susan said no, she was going to kill Karen and then kill herself. Can you imagine if that had happened? Can you imagine the stress on a 16-year-old? That's what I keep thinking when I... When we get to the end of this, and this is the end, thank God, she realizes what has happened. She realizes, And yeah. she begins to tell her parents and open up right. about these things. They finally realize, 
oh my gosh, this was worse than we realized. We, we had no clue. Um, but what really angered me about all of this, I mean, there was, of course, all the obvious things, all the failures from every adult or, or every really from adult. her parents. Yeah. Um, and all of this really angered me was that her entire childhood was stolen. Oh, she had nothing left. She has beautiful memories up until the time she was nine years old. Mm-hmm. And those very important years through your early, your late childhood and your early teenagehood, they're gone. But you know what is so amazing about Jan is she holds no bitterness oh. against her parents. And, and sisters also. And they're sis- like, they love their parents. They love their parents. They totally feel like they did the best to their ability. Um, you know, they feel like that they were victimized as well. And she just wants them to forgive themselves. Yeah. Well, there's no question about it that they were manipulated. Um, when I was watching this for the second or third time, um, my husband was watching it the first time. And he goes, and this is not meant in a uh, uh, congratulatory or a nice way, but he mm-hmm. said, this man is talking about B. He said, this man is magnificent. Mm-hmm. He said, he can do, he gets whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. He can manipulate whatever he wants. He can will things to happen. And and it's true. I mean, certainly not at the end, but yeah. throughout this whole process, he wanted Jan. He had his eye on the prize, and he almost got her. And this man is no beauty contest winner. No. <laughs> Let me go on and tell you. There no. is, he is not a prize. Yeah. But he can talk his way yeah. into anything. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. So uh, they write a book. Mom begins to write a book as part of healing. Mm-hmm. And she and Jan write it together. And there's a scuffle at one of these book, uh, like book signings or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a scuffle because B uh, is showing up very upset that they're writing about it. Mm-hmm. And so he feels like he's being mischaracterized or maybe he just doesn't want his dirty laundry aired. Right. And he accidentally runs over somebody. So he ends up in court. Yes, he does. (laughs) He does. And it's actually a biker. Yeah. There's a group called BACA, um, Bikers Against Child Abuse. And they had decided they were going to come and stay in security for Jan because Birchtold had had shown up at many of her things. And he straight up ran over one of them. He ran over them. Yeah. So they're in in the courthouse and uh, he goes. And he had a firearm with him. Oh, that's right. We don't know what he was going to do with it. We don't know what he was going to do do with it. And, you know, he's sitting there. It's been almost 30 years since she has seen him. And he just, he's like, well, I'm sorry that you felt that way. Or, you know, one of those non-sincere apologies. Like, basically, I didn't really do anything. It's really just what you thought. Well, and it's court video footage. And you can see, he can't take his eyes off of her. No. Like, he is still very much obsessed yeah, with team her. Jam. yeah yeah and she's not having it no. like i i loved what she said um there was one part where he said well you're just doing this you wrote this book to make, to make money. money and she said no um i wrote this book to protect other children from predators like you like you and if basically, if you're a man, you would stand up here and you would admit to it and take your punishment. Right. And you would go to jail. Yeah. And he was just like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, Jan. Yeah. I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> what is wrong? 
wrong. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he gets, the court grants her a uh, um, uh, order of protection. Yes. For the life of, for his life. Mm-hmm. As long as he's alive. Right. I assume he's died by now. But uh, as as long as he is alive, he can never be around her. Well, he's he's such a oh yes he a hero he yeah that instead of taking his punishment, he said he couldn't imagine spending one day in jail. That's right. Now she was abducted for how long of However, her life? I didn't add it Whether up, it was in and out of his control mind yeah. or physically taken. Um, but he decides that it would be best for him to just take all his heart medicine. That's right. And I down forgot. it with some alcohol and kill himself. Yep. And so that's what he did. Yep. And then um, six other women came forward yep. about the abuse that they suffered as children. He was found guilty of one. Um, and out of all those women and all the things that he did, he spent a total of one year in jail. I mean, the, his whole life, the number of lives that he affected for all the things that he did. Yep. And for all all the trauma that was caused in particular with Jan, we don't know the stories of these other women. Um, but Jan is a very well adjusted, lovely woman. Yes. She mm-hmm. told her story with um, sincerity and you could feel the hurt and the trauma, Mm -hmm. but you can also feel the love that they had for their parents. Even the sisters were like, we are so happy that they are our parents. Yeah. And they were groomed. They really were, they made terrible decisions. They did. And they could have just been partially because they were naive. Mm -hmm. It could have been partially because they, it was the time they lived in, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, they were groomed and they were manipulated. And they fell for it time and time again. They never learned their lesson. No. And so, you know, I don't know that you can say, you know, you are at 100% fault. Certainly they do bear some responsibility, but it wouldn't have happened without the manipulation. Right. That be brought to the table. I I will say this to their credit. I don't know that I would be brave enough to admit. Yeah. To the things that they fell for. Yeah. I don't know that I would be brave enough to sit on a documentary or sure. write a book and say, here's how I failed my child over yeah. and over again. But I think that was their way of trying to heal They're heal still and make amends for that and figure, you know, we, we made these terrible decisions and we made these terrible mistakes. Yeah. And by telling our story, hopefully that will help another child and so i do i commend them for that and i totally commend jan like she is the picture of grace yeah oh gosh the picture of grace like i've never seen someone so forgiving in my life and you know I, i look at at people who get so upset over their childhood or the way that this happened or that happened and and then i look at this and i'm like experienced anything like this girl you don't even know yeah like yeah don't even yeah i'm sorry you never got to go to disney but oh (laughs) you didn't get to wear guest jeans you're gonna be okay (laughs) you're right it's all right yeah she's an exceptional lady i've listened to some um some interviews with her post Mm -hmm. all of this and she's just she's an actress yeah She's been in things that you probably have seen before and just didn't realize it was her. Oh, okay. Um, you can look her up on. She's got her IMDb page. You can see all kinds of stuff. She was in Iron Man three. 
Really? Yeah, she had a little small part in Iron Man Aww, 3. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, I'll have to go back and look. So, and there's just like a couple of TV series that she had some regular okay. roles in. Yeah. But remember, because they talked about her being on the drama team or being yes. in a play or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, she's, um, she's an exceptional lady. And maybe she just realized early on, you know, as an adult, it's just the bitterness is going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And my parents just did the best that they could. And she doesn't give Birch told a pass. This is not no. one of those situations where Jesus says you should forgive everybody. And Jesus does say that. You know, right. we, we are, you have to forgive to be forgiven. Right. But that does not preclude consequences. Right. Your you know? consequences. And she doesn't give him a pass. She doesn't say, you know what, B, forget it. Mm-mm. She holds him accountable. She's like, you should yeah. take your punishment. But she realizes that holding on to bitterness and not trying to resolve it really is going to be worse in the end for her because B's gone. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And she knows her parents never didn't love her. Right. They always loved her. They just had no idea what to do with this. Yeah. You know? So I think the the biggest takeaway from this for me was at the end, they kind of gave a statistic of four out of 10 children are sexually abused. Scary. So scary. And watching this documentary, I've watched it a couple of times. I watched it the first time. And then again, before we got ready to do this podcast and just sitting there kind of thinking through it. And I have a daughter, you have a daughter. We have son. I have two sons. Daughters, yeah. I have two sons. And you know, um, my daughter is very much a social butterfly. She spent the night at people's houses and things mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, I I think to myself, you have to be so in tune with your kid. Like, you really do have to pay attention to mm-hmm. those mother gut feelings when you just say something's not right. Yeah. And, you know, Avery and I have a lot of conversations, um, and she's a real open kid with me. But I've always tried to keep a really open conversation going with her and letting her know there's nothing you can tell me that will shock me. That yeah. will shock me. There's nothing you can tell me that will make me love you less. Right. Or even if it does shock me, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Like we will get through it. Yeah. And, um, you know, just letting them know that you won't be in trouble if yeah. something happens to you. Yeah. And, just like having the conversations about this is who can touch you, this is mm-hmm. who cannot, this is appropriate, this is not appropriate. You know, I always wanted her to know that anything that happens to you is not your fault, mm-hmm. and you can always tell me, and yeah. we will protect you. Yeah. You never have to be scared. That's what we tell our, our five-year-old is too young to have some of that conversation with. You have to keep it right. basic. But yeah. our 13-year-old, mm-hmm. what we have told her since she was old enough eight, nine, ten years old, uh, we have said to her, if somebody ever says to you, don't tell your mom and dad, that is your clue. To tell me. That's the first thing you do is come home and tell us. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that person does not have your best interest at heart. And we say that to her over and over. Even just at 13 years old, we just had the same conversation just a couple of weeks ago. Right. The first time somebody tells you that, Mm -hmm. you come straight to us. Yeah. Because we will handle it. Yeah. And that there is not anything that anybody should ever tell you that you can't tell us. Right. And also, if someone's doing something that they're mm-hmm. not supposed to, you don't have to be polite. Yeah. You you say no, you yeah. run, you do whatever you tell. 
politeness went out the window in the 80s I feel like like we learned then that you've got to scream you've got to you've got to tell and you've got to you know we tell our girls this is not necessarily does not necessarily apply to this but um, it applies to abducted in plain sight literally speaking we always have told him this my husband came up with this if somebody if a stranger tries to steal you what do you do and we have taught them to kick and scream mm-hmm. and say, help, an idiot is trying to steal me. <laughs> help, an idiot is trying yeah. to and steal we, me. And we, we play it out all the time. Tell oh, me yeah. what you're going to say. Help, help, an idiot's trying to steal me. Yeah. And so make as much noise as yeah. you can. Well, Avery used to laugh at me, and she'll tell you this. And I'm a little overboard because I'm a very, like, protective. Yeah. I'm a scary, you know, scary parent. But, like, we would be, I can remember her being nine, ten years old, and we would be at a gas station, and I would be pumping gas, and I'd put my head in the window, and I'd say, somebody just put a gun to my head and took me. What do you do? And she would be like, I, I get Eli out, because Eli yeah. was a baby. Yeah. And she'd be like, I get Eli out, and I run into the store, and I call 911. Oh and I my was gosh. like, yes. And, like, well, we would go over those scenarios, yeah. because you just, you don't know what you would do. Yeah. Just like this little girl never in a million years dreamed that she would wake up and a man would be standing naked there or her underwear would be down like if you don't have those conversations these kids don't know what to to say or to do or that it's possible and then you automatically think it's your fault yeah so i don't know why everybody can't be as great a parent as we are i'm accepting an award (laughs) next week (laughs) i'd like to invite everybody out it's it's called the misty be mom of the year award and so just, and you're getting you're the inaugural winner and i'm the inaugural winner um just don't look at any of my past failures right, right. okay just look at my success just focus on the things i'm really really good at right and then that's it yes yeah so all right well i um, i've seen this documentary three times now and I suspect I'll probably watch it another time or two, especially if it's with somebody that's never seen it, because it's so fun to watch their I reaction. I want some reactions so bad. There's there's lots of reactions on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, we'll look them up here when we're finished. Yeah. There's lots of reactions. There's people that just jump out of their chair. Or they're like, what the? Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But all right. So next week, what have we got on the dock? What do we have on the dock? Well... Why don't we TBA that? Okay. <laughs> We're going to leave a little teaser for you guys. Normally we let you know what's coming, but yeah. we want you guys to to be thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. We, we kind of know what we're going to do. We're not, we have something we're not up our sleeve, but it's yeah. in the works. And so we'll see if it comes to fruition. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, as always, it's a pleasure. It is a pleasure. Please don't let anybody steal you when we leave here. Oh, my word. Well, you know what? My husband is in the office next door. He will walk us out. Awesome. Fantastic. So as long as nobody steals him, we're in good shape. I don't know. It's right. Why don't you say his (laughs) birthday, too? (laughs) Why don't you give them our address and... (laughs) Remember at the top of this when I said about the witness protection? (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you later, Misty. Bye. My pen number is... (laughs) 